This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time a reading from the first book of Samuel. In those days, Saul went down to the desert of Ziph with 3,000 picked men of Israel to search for David in the desert of Ziph. So David and Abishai went among Saul's soldiers by night and found Saul lying asleep within the barricade with his spear thrust into the ground at his head and Abner and his men sleeping around him. Abishai whispered to David, God has delivered your enemy into your grasp this day. Let me nail him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I will not need a second thrust. But David said to Abishai, Do not harm him, for who can lay hands on the Lord's anointed and remain unpunished? So David took the spear and the water jug from their place at Saul's head and they got away without anyone seeing or knowing or awakening. All remained asleep because the Lord had put them into a deep slumber. Going across to the opposite slope, David stood on a remote hilltop at a great distance from Abner, son of Ner, and the troops. He said, Here is the king's spear. Let an attendant come over to get it. The Lord will reward each man for his justice and faithfulness. Today, the Lord delivered you into my grasp, but I would not harm the Lord's anointed. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm, the Lord is kind and merciful. The Lord is kind and merciful. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all my being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. The Lord is kind and merciful. He pardons all your iniquities, heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with kindness and compassion. The Lord is kind and merciful. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sins does he deal with us, nor does he requite us according to our crimes. The Lord is kind and merciful. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has put our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. The Lord is kind and merciful. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. But the spiritual was not first, rather the natural and then the spiritual. 
The first man was from the earth, earthly. The second man from heaven. As was the earthly one, so also are the earthly. As is the heavenly one, so also are the heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly one, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly one. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear I say, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Kevin, we are celebrating the seventh Sunday in Ordinary Time, and I want to mention a solemnity or feast day, I guess, that's coming up uh, on the 22nd, and it is called the Chair of St. Peter. So why is it we're celebrating <laughs> a, chair, a huh? day for a chair? <laughs> well, it's not the chair itself. I mean, that's an important relic, but it, it's what's really important is what that chair represents, and it represents the office of the Pope. And I found a great little article here on the um, National Catholic Register, and it's like, was it really a chair? Yeah, it's really a chair, and it really is in the St. Peter's um, Basilica, but it isn't just the chair that this is all about. It's what that chair represents. And um, it goes back to the 4th century, and there's a a quote from uh, Pope Benedict, and Pope Benedict said that um, uh, this was a very ancient tradition and proven to have existed in Rome since the 4th century, and uh, it talks about Um, how we celebrate the chair of Peter uh, that we're doing today. It's a way of attributing a strong spiritual significance and recognizing it as a privileged sign of the love of God, the eternal shepherd who wanted to gather his whole church and lead her on the path of salvation. So this actually, I see a direct correlation with our reading today, the first reading especially, where you have David up against his archenemy Saul and how he doesn't kill him. And the reason is because of the office that he holds. So I just ah, want to make that little connection. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, 
I, when I read this, like, whoa, what's what's going on here? Weren't uh, you know Saul and David kind of best buds? And <laughs> for a while, <laughs> now now why is Saul trying to kill David? Uh, of course, the famous story of David slewing Goliath, uh, and and Saul loved his his you know his adopted son, so to speak. But over time, Saul became increasingly jealous of David's military successes. Now, Jonathan, who was Saul's son loved David and told him that his father wanted to kill him because of this jealousy. So David fled and ended up hiding in Ziph. Well, Ziph is about 20 miles south of Jerusalem, kind of the bottom part of that West Bank, if you think about today's politics. But dang it, the Ziphites ratted him out. <laughs> so, those Ziphites, you can't those, trust them. You can't trust them. So Saul took 3,000 of his men and went after David to kill him. And, and note here, I mean, David did nothing wrong. In fact, he served Saul faithfully. Yet he was fleeing for his life, and it was because Saul's jealousy caused him to mistreat David and want to kill him. Now, the thing that we're going to see here, as you mentioned about that respecting the office, is how David really showed mercy and how that mercy is a position of strength and not weakness. He didn't take revenge and he didn't let his passions sway his morals and his decisions, but he did respect the office that that godly office that that God had put in place for Saul. Exactly. And the reality is that Saul was a bad king. And David didn't pretend that he admired or respected Saul, but David did love and respect God. And David respected the office that Saul held as the king of the Israelites, but not the person. And David's love for God outweighed his own instincts to take out his enemy when he had an opportunity to. And we should really apply that type of mindset and to use this as an example to follow when we are faced by wicked leaders in our church today. Specifically, I'm referring to those priests and bishops who have betrayed the church by embracing sin and teaching others to do the same. They have betrayed their office and have caused great harm to our communities. Rather than focusing on their wickedness, though, we should turn our prayers and support to those who have remained faithful and just in the eyes of God. Yeah, definitely. And it's really that Holy Spirit that we need to call upon to help us be faithful, isn't it? And I really see that as a beautiful um, way that Paul explains that in the second reading from Corinthians today. You know, it says here in the middle, the first man was from earth, earthly, but the second man from heaven and therefore heavenly. So it ends here, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly one. And I, I thought, what does that what does that mean? How does that tie in today? And I was thinking that, you know, when the Holy Spirit enters the earthly body, the body becomes in some way subject to the Spirit. And what does the Spirit desire? The Spirit desires heaven, everything that is good and just. So I think our challenge through our works and, and our lives is really to try and conform our earthly body to this spiritual reality that we're really being called for, called to, and one that would really give us much joy in conforming ourselves into that spiritual reality. Yeah. Yeah. So how beautiful that is. Yeah, it is. Well, in the gospel today, we hear from Luke, don't we? Yeah. And you know, a lot of times in the um, Old Testament, or in the New Testament, sorry, with uh, Jesus when he was teaching, he, he used physical impairments like deafness and blindness. He used those as examples. And he would say things like, those who can hear but are deaf, and those who can see but are blind. And 
the, uh, in the spiritual sense. And in this reading, it begins in kind of that way with the words, to, those, to you who hear. He wasn't referring to those who could hear sounds, but rather to those who could hear with their hearts. Not everyone who was there that day would be able to understand what he meant. But to those who were hungering for goodness and justice, this was a revolutionary teaching. Jesus challenges us, and he, he tells us that we must not seek revenge against those who've wronged us, but that we should love them. And this is where things get messy, because really, Kevin, we are a pretty messed up bunch of people, you know? <laughs> we, yeah, we kind of are, aren't we? We talk about <laughs> Just love. Just look in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, we talk about love like it's some kind of a feeling that turns off and on like a flashing neon sign. And, and, and love is one of the most misunderstood words, in my opinion, that is so often misused and just misunderstood. Other languages, they have different words that clearly mean different types of love, like if you love food or you love a certain color. But sadly, we're stuck with only one word, L-O-V-E. And it's no wonder that we're so confused. So when it comes to love of God and love of one another, we need to be clear Love is not governed by emotion. Love is governed by the will. Yes, emotions certainly are a byproduct of love, but we should not allow our emotions to rule our will. Yeah, and that's very true. And what you're talking about and what we see in the gospel today just really describes that love and compassion that Christians should show others. Because we really do see a lot of mistreatment here, don't we? And the reality is that we will be mistreated as Christians. But this reality does not mean that this mistreatment is okay, nor does it mean that we shouldn't seek justice, proper justice, correct? But how we handle the mistreatment is the mark of a Christian. And it's often, it often hurts most when someone in your family mistreats you, whether your biological family, whether, as you mentioned with the office of the chair of Peter, whether it's in our church family, uh, you know, Judas betrayed Christ with a kiss. How, ah, how um, damaging, how hurtful that must have been. That sign of love and affection was used for betrayal. Yeah. And sometimes that, that mistreatment can be very deep and can be very hurtful. But for us, the response to mistreatment is love. So ultimately, it's how we respond to this mistreatment will be the mark of us as Christians. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. Produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M A T E R D E I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through moderndayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.